0: what's good with the folks out there i am damo the political plug this is the chop up show how are y'all doing thank y'all for joining us on another thursday evening I know it's late out there with the rest of y'all at, but we on the West Coast, so it's still pretty early out here. We got big sis Tiff in the building already. My Shout out to Tiffany. What's but What's good? What's good? I got my dog Toya here with me. How you feeling, Toya? How you doing? How your week been going?
1: Listen, you know, it's been a long one. I ain't gonna hold you. I'm happy the weekend is here. This is the first weekend in a long time. I'm not committed to anybody but myself and the Kansas City Chiefs. And so I am on the edge of my seat. Um, with with you know my next stuck out an expectation for uh, what I'm assuming will be a nice football game, but I ain't gonna hold you. I don't want a nice football game. I want an ass team I want oh, yeah a, a clobbering. I would like a blowout, but I'm not gonna assume that Christian McCaffrey, who just won Offensive Player of the Year, uh, the young man by the name of Brock Purdy, who is just not all that irrelevant anymore, and you know Debo Samuel, Debo Samuel, and Brandon Ayuk and. You know, it's just so many people over there. What's the man, uh the offensive linebacker, Trent something? Oh, uh, Trent Williams, Boomer Sooner, yeah. And it's was actually
0: this. at OU while Trent was at OU, when he was playing for OU. So, yeah. and that that actually, was a he, long day. He tight
1: with I mean, Lee. I was there at the same time. That's a long time ago. What
0: was you saying? Yeah, he tight with Lee. Like, they had a, you know what I'm saying, because yeah, yeah. Lee used to work on the football team. So, yeah, shout
1: out to Trent. Well, you know, y'all some old men, so that means he's an old man yeah. doing amazing players on that team. So um, look, I i don't care about them. Um yeah. you know, Chris <laughs> Jones and Trent McDuffie and Lajaris Sneed and Isaiah. All of that, right? But this is not a sports podcast. I just wanna let y'all know that I'm in high anticipation for the super. Bowl. But we are Kansas, so Kansas City,
0: like we Kansas City born and raised, so you're gonna and it's get a
1: lot there. of people who wants to lose y'all sick of Patrick Mahomes y'all sick of uh Travis Kelsey y'all sick of, sick of Taylor Smith and and what they say you better prepare to be sick of me you know yeah. just prepare yeah. to be sick of me because if if we get it done it's lit it's lit in the city and by the city I mean Kansas City and right. so what's uh, right.
0: up but uh with that we can go ahead and get right into the conversation you feel me we don't want to keep y'all too long we be keeping y'all long enough But we do have some important dialogue uh to have and i'll go ahead and start us out this evening uh so as like we we consider ourselves anti-racist right like that's you you feel like that's okay if i put that label on you to you you consider yourself anti-racist yeah
1: i I I would think so yeah
0: so what would you say is one of the most difficult aspects of being against racism like having that Uh, position
1: uh, shout out to us in the comments shout out the hood therapy of course again shout out to tiffany the most difficult part about being an anti-racist yeah um is probably that I mean I'm a product of my environment and by environment I mean like uh just like the, the world like society and so I probably do my own people bad or then you know think or function in ways that might be a degree of racist Mm-hmm. just because it's how i buy you know into
0: racism yeah
1: Yeah, you know what i'm saying or buy into it or you know in terms of how i socialize myself or like the things and the decisions that i make like for example i tell you in a heartbeat like i'm respectable it, you know that i have a respectable life. i'm not a respectable person let's be clear. So and you I'm respectable me, negro go ahead let me no, know i'll exactly be specific when it comes to uh uh, like, like, uh, but, but that ass over, make that bleed, what's the name, Sexy Red, Sexy when it Red, comes yeah. to spooky, when it comes to some of them, when it comes to like Zeus TV, like I'm respectable. Like I got a line where I just don't feel like we need to be doing that out there like that and moving like that. And I understand that that cuts against a lot of the, my relationship to feminism, right? To black feminism, to my indebtedness to black women from a bunch of different backgrounds and contexts that have done amazing things, that their boldness has set the stage for me to. Pop up and do what I want, a lot of it. Like, I, I get that, but like, racism be having me looking like some of these niggas, man. Like, <laughs> some, of these, some of these niggas. And it's just, it really is how it, it, it ends up working. You know what I'm saying? Like, shout out to the invest in the comments, and I hope I'm saying your name right, but no Travis Kelsey didn't invent no fade. You know what I'm saying? Listen, right. and he, he
0: actually came out and said, Yeah, y'all getting me in trouble. Like, that ain't got nothing to do with me. I just had a fade that I get.
1: But we're not going to talk about this white man. We're we talking about anti-racism. Right. Uh, but that's that's my relationship to it. Is I understand that in a lot of ways it kind of shapes and influences. You know how I think about other black people sometimes. Vance in the building was good, yeah, brother. Yeah, Vance
0: pulled up. Shout okay. out to Vance. <laughs> I make sure y'all hit that like like button while y'all in here.
1: Shout out, Vance said uh, it's a win either way. Chiefs win. Uh, it's the Pops team, RIP the Pops, so shout out to that, but if the 49ers win, and that's uh, Vance's childhood team, so it's a win either way. I like the neutrality, So okay? I like yeah. the neutrality.
0: Yeah. So uh, the reason why, the reason I asked is because, like, I, because I, I kind of, I may fall victim to respectability sometimes, too. I think that's just a, that's a question of survival, and we, I, it's going to be something that we're going to talk more about. Oh, that's a theory of beauty. Didn't even know. He, he's Vixen. Yeah, that's a theory of beauty. Shout out to got the it. My beauty. God. <laughs> but I mean, I, I got we are both of y'all. I miss y'all, man.
1: What will come
0: Yeah, yeah. But um, I th- those e- even that perspective of like respectability, you feel me? I think that even that comes from trauma. You feel yeah. me? So I think that I think the it biggest does. part about being against or being anti-racist. Is that I don't think people understand the depths to which racism impacts, not even just our, our our environment and things that we experience, but like down to our
1: biology. You feel me? Like who yeah. like
0: who we are. Hold on, real quick. Here,
1: take in and while we having this conversation, y'all know it's Black History Month. We're gonna have an end of the uh, month Black History show and have some fun things, some con- fun conversations. So make sure if y'all got ideas, things you want us to shout out, things you want us to have, tip, that y'all dropping it either in the comments of the episodes uh, or that y'all are dropping it on the IG, because we definitely are looking for some, we're going to do some creative things, but we're always right. looking for concepts right. and different things that are happening around us to play into it. So just, if you got some uh, stuff you want to be shouted out for Black History Month, put it on our radar. But plug back to you. So uh,
0: the reason why I bring this up is, uh, rapping with Toya, we came across an article That uh, discusses how racism like how it negatively impacts our brain, how it negatively affects our brain and the reason why I bring this up in terms of being anti racist is that like when we when we underestimate the impact of it when we think it's about hurt feelings. You know what I'm saying? When we think it's only questions of our identity and what, she, and what we should be called and culture, you feel me? Like when we think racism is literally just a question of people feeling bad because they mistreated, we miss the mm-hmm. entire damn point. You missed the Very entire true. damn point. Uh, so so we're, right now, the conversation that we're going to have in this first chop is we're going to talk about two things. We're going to talk about a recent study that, re- that, that discusses the, uh, the uh, what, what's it called, resource penalties, associated with living in a racism rich environment and then we'll talk about what's known as epigenetics which is the study of how trauma gets encoded onto what was encoded onto the genetics of our ancestors and then all of those all of that trauma also gets passed down to us as well so y'all make sure y'all hit the like button say what's up in the chat as as y'all coming in but uh to to get started the first thing we're gonna do is we're gonna look at uh the study that initially kind of popped off this conversation for us um, and it's this, it's this study here association of racial discrimination with neural response to threat and black women in the u s exposed to trauma uh, so essentially what they were what they were looking for was the brain's response, the neural response to uh, the things that black women deal with right mm-hmm. and the impact that that response has on the brain specifically uh, now what they discovered real quick. Just so we can uh, have an understanding of the study and get into the information. What they discovered was, let's get down here. Did I miss it? Well, what they, what they discovered was that, again, as, as I mentioned, there is a resource cost to having to deal with racial discrimination. The assumption was that there is an issue with uh, the, the uh, uh, executive function of mm-hmm. people who deal with the of people who deal with trauma specifically people who deal with uh, racial discrimination but what they found is that there is experiencing here you go here experiencing racism wasn't associated with deficiencies in attentional control which is a cognitive uh which is a executive function but it was associated with heightened activation in e, in e um In emotion regulation and threat inhibition regions, which can disproportionately encumber and drain resources over time. So what they're saying is that because black people are routinely in this instance, black women, but we know that black men deal with this trauma as well. What happens is. Because we've been socialized in an environment, in anti-black environments, and that we've had to learn to police ourselves in particular ways, like the respectability you was, like, the respectability you was talking about. We've had to learn mm-hmm. to police ourselves in different ways that what happens is that we are our, our brains spend so much of its time focusing on maintaining our survival around the environment. So am I acting in a way that's bringing a threat to me? Am I saying things that could bring a threat to me? Right. And my my behavior, putting myself out there in a way that that could then become dangerous. Right. Uh Our brains overly focusing on adjusting how we are and recognizing how we are in public. Actually, that that resource deficit leads to issues of our executive function, which is uh, our memory, flexible decision uh, and flexible decision making and Mm self-control. So let me let me repeat that. Uh, and I we'll, we'll get we'll drop the link to the study uh in the chat or we may put it in the comments we'll get it to y'all.
1: I think we can put it in the um the the, the description section. Uh,
0: oh, actually, yeah, I can. But I got this is a PDF, so I gotta I gotta go got to the to place to get it. Um. Uh, but 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 essentially, what it's saying is that our brain spends so much time regulating ourselves in a society that is hyper that uh, that has like hyper surveillance on Black people specifically because the way that they want to criminalize this that it then leads to sometimes bad decision making, sometimes issues with self control, right? Because it's a resource deficit. If our brain right. is using energy in in one area, it takes away from the energy that can be, that could be used in other areas. Right, so it's, it's it's This is a study that is literally pointing out the ways that because we have to be hyper vigilant, we always got to make sure that we moving in the in the correct way that's going to keep us alive. That other parts of our brain uh, of executive functions end up suffering because of that. You feel me? Which, which I mean,
1: again, I do, you
0: know, one of the huh? Yeah, go ahead.
1: Well, no, I was just thinking one of the things that I think of as you describe this is that you know the idea that every action has an equal or opposite reaction. Right. So like when you have people who have experienced like this policing, this shutting up, this shutting down, this attempt to water down and forcing them to assimilate, you have people who either rise to the occasion and do that and respond to that stimulus and say, okay, well, then I'll be smaller. I'll shrink. I'll be quiet. I won't be as expressive because I fear, like, you know, the threat of violence or whatever. Or I feel like what we see is people who just swing wide right and go all the way. You know what I'm saying, off of what some might consider to be a deep end. And they say, well, I can't be policed at all. And then, then you can tell me. So I'll let it all hang out. I'll be, you know what I'm saying, overly expressive in these ways. I'll tell you the deepest, darkest components of my thoughts. I'll really, you know, make sure that there's not a world where I'm being tone police or being, you know, policed in any way, because I don't have that fear. You know what I'm saying? But I think it's like, and this is my respectability, respectable nature speaking, like that it is a grandiose gesture, right? That it's an overcorrection a lot of the time because of the position people have been put in uh just to explain what executive function is shout out to uh Eve Viction. I, I think you pronounce that Eve? I think yeah and I don't want to say material beauty if that ain't your name no more but explain what executive function was by saying ex- executive functioning otherwise known as your air traffic control system which governs emotion and management of emotion focus and decision-making. And also, I think there's some components of critical thinking and critical decision-making wrapped up in there too. And so uh, they continue by saying, and it's coming from all directions for a lot of us, our jobs, our government, our interpersonal relationships, our family history, and day-to-day thinking. They're all implicated by racism, just all kind of working together to create various anxieties, various kind of issues or barriers to relating to people, to understanding self. Like it really becomes this complex web, right? Uh, <laughs> like ESL, like easy. Okay, we fix it. Got it. What's up, Jay University? Yeah, I'm making those connections as you think, and I'm just thinking about the whole notion of the equal and opposite reaction.
0: So, with that, with that understanding, uh that that we see in the impact on the brain, right? We also got to make sure we have in the conversation about epigenetics. And that is exactly how that trauma gets passed down. So we have the, the contemporary issue that we deal with, we're having to deal with the discrimination. But we also have to take into account the the trauma and the our, our predispositions because our ancestors had to deal with uh had to deal with chattel slavery and the and the trauma yeah. that, that was created from that. Uh and so a study that you came mean, out even of
1: before, th- I want to point out even before chattel slavery. Even before chattel slavery. Yeah you know what i'm saying like the acquisition of slaves and the colonization that it took then the intellectual and mental trauma of people who sacrificed their lives before they even made over here to go through chattel slavery right that whole the whole transatlantic slave trade i think imprinted itself at every stage of the operation you know what i'm saying on black people in unique ways because we see black people who are willing to be you know politically sacrificial or to die you know what i'm saying before they allow a system to oppress them or right. you know what I'm saying There's many different components of that whole process that influence and have been imprinted on us. So I just wanted to shout out those parts of the experience too.
0: Facts. Now, uh, th- what helps us understand epigenetics is actually, uh, this term that we understand as post-traumatic slave syndrome, similar to post-traumatic, uh, sh- what is stress disorder? It mm-hmm. is the impact on the body physically and the brain as well of trauma. And how that trauma actually, it gets encoded on your genetics, right? Like changes like your body. Uh, The definition that we get uh, is a condition that exists when a population has experienced multi-generational trauma resulting from centuries of slavery and continues to experience oppression and institutionalized racism today. Added to this condition is a belief, real or imagined, that benefits of society in which they live are not accessible to them. Right. So, again, understanding that the environment around me is not for me. It is wholly against me. It's, it's, it's wholly problematic. Now, mm-hmm. the types of things that uh the the types of type of stimuli that we're talking about that black people today have to deal with because of what our ancestors deal with is things that came from its, it's environmental stimuli, such as rape, torture, uh, uh murder and etc. Like right? Those types of instances that we saw that we saw a lot on the plantation and that we still see in certain degrees today. Now, mm-hmm. uh, one of the scholars that helped come up with that definition, we got a vi- we got a video for them, Dr. Joy Angela DeGray. Uh And let me get this up so we can have a conversation. Uh, so she can break it down a little bit more for us uh, a better understanding. All right? let me get it set up for Toya and myself. And let's go... Y'all bear with us just a second
1: here. While Damo gets that pulled up, make sure y'all stick around for the second part of this conversation. Because uh, I got some questions about hip-hop. You know, we're still in the 50th anniversary. I think we've been celebrating for about a year. So time for that is going to come to an end pretty soon. But as we come out of the, 50, the 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 hip-hop 50, um, there's a lot of questions about the bite that hip-hop has, whether it's still got some uh. To it um, after 50 years of it existing and growing and expanding in a lot of unique ways. So we'll get in that conversation in a minute. But yeah, we got it, ready, you got
0: know, to do it. Yeah, let's get it.
2: A chattel slavery. We're not talking about one trauma, we're not talking about a specific event. We're talking about generations of trauma with no intervention based on what I know about sugar plantations, tobacco in the Caribbean, what I know about American chattel slavery and the plantations there, does anyone right now ever recall mental health assistance to slaves? Anybody remember sending me a therapist after I sold off your son, daughter, raped folks? Any, in, at any point, never. Second question after slavery was officially over now you're free anybody any remember remember any therapy then we know it's been rough it's been deep for you it's been difficult we're going to do a little group therapy anybody remember that that would be no number three after slavery officially ended both in the states in the caribbean the british ended. do you remember whether or not trauma continued did the trauma continue for people of African descent? I need to know. Okay, so now let's do the math. Hundreds of years of trauma, no treatment. Freed, more trauma, no treatment. What do you do the math? Do you think there may be residual impacts of that trauma? Of course there is. It didn't end and it hasn't ended yet. So I
0: think one on one. I think that point right there that she said, the residual impacts, that's what gets ignored. That's why we routinely having conversations about who was actually responsible for slavery. We don't give a fuck. Like, it doesn't matter that people today aren't responsible for the slavery, uh, for slavery as it existed back then. People today right. still have to deal with the consequences. You know what I'm saying? And I don't think black people kind of recognize that when we talk about what needs to be fixed, like when we say like we're trying, we're trying to do, we want to do right by black folk, we want, to end sl- or we want to end racism right, but we also want to pull ourselves up. We don't want to overly focus on racism. It's like, what, what's being pointed out is racism ain't never been dealt with. You can't overly focus on something that is still a problem. That's still not solved. So the, so the first question I want to ask to you Toya is given this information, like the genetic impact and the, uh, the impact that it has on our brain, like how do you think that like those uh like those issues that we deal with it uh, affect how we treat each other today like how black people treat each other today
1: I mean I, I you know when I think about the whole like why are we not like looking to or understanding the influences of slavery and how it exists I honestly think and this is something I was going to talk about in my segment but I think we should start introducing here which is this idea of like trauma fatigue you know what I'm saying and uh kind of trauma porn you know what i mean i feel like a lot of black people feel like you know and we've taken on the position of our oppressors in the sense of being like man stop blaming everything on slavery like that shit is old like i'm sick of hearing about it you hear it when people talk about you know movies that come out like i'm sick of hearing about slave stories and this, this and that and i think it is a really desire to move away from understanding yourself from that position or really kind of admitting to yourself that the shit lingers on but it's both true like you said in one breath you know like the trauma is still here like the reason why we can't just get over it or the reason you know why people say I I didn't do it it's not my problem and it is because the trauma is still here is the same way the benefits you experience from it are still here right so so of you know kind of the implications of slavery are just just encoded but it's deep, so you don't think about it. You know what I'm saying? It's like the nose on your face. When you when you when your nose itch, you don't say, My nose is itching. I'm going to use my hand to scratch my nose to relieve that. Irritation. Even you
0: mentioned an itching nose made me psychologically subconsciously want to scratch my nose.
1: <laughs> exactly. But nine times out of ten, outside of that moment, you just reach up there and kind of scratch it because it's that natural to you. So that's just how regular, how baked in it is for even black people to experience and understand racism to decode other black people in the context of whatever and to really expect like I feel like it's a different texture to it because the texture of white people being like get over slavery is different than the texture of niggas being like yeah so and but I feel yeah. like that's what
0: I- yeah when niggas say it I take way more offense to it like white people is just like you kind of expect that like it's like yeah that ain't you know they didn't have to deal with it for real so you know what I'm saying but, but- for people who do experience it to be like nigga get over it like but yeah go ahead
1: or like i'm sick of hearing about that shit. or like when i think even more so it's it's easy to see especially you know crabs in the barrel mentality the idea that mm-hmm. you know first of all we forgetting about who put us in the barrel why are we in the barrel crabs don't go in barrels it's their natural habitat but while we in there we have this mentality that it's everybody trying to get out and, and fend for themselves and so we really do end up in a place where it's like you know oh slavery that's messed up and you forget that that literally explains somebody's whole situation like it's really that simple you want to be able to blame it on bad decisions you want to be able to blame it on you know what i'm saying errors and judgment you want to make it be a, but it really is as simple it's generational she specifically talked about a use of generationality to explain and describe how you could literally be decision looking at somebody who looked like they had bump on the log, and they are but it's, it's, it's both by design and by lack of design and we don't give credibility and space to that because look at me Look at my you know what i'm saying it, it, or, it, or the
0: fact that rich billionaires or black billionaires exist or the fact that you was able to make it out that type of shit that actually it's just,
1: that, it's just the tiredness it's the apathy that comes from being like we have beat this horse and nothing's changed What she's what she said and all these different events came and no healing came no so nothing changes you get tired of it. it's just with who you are it's what we do you get over that, and make the best of it move on like i did
0: yeah, that that kind of get me to to my point in how I think, uh, like these genetic issues and these brain issues like impact how we treat each other. I think it's the reason why we don't have that compassion. Yeah, like, I'm. I, I think the, so, the 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 minds of free thinkers in 2023 and 2024 is just like, yeah, don't show no compassion to black people. Like, just tell them that they all fucked up, that they don't do shit right, that it's like, y'all spending y'all money on dumb shit, y'all sitting up there watching the little Nas X's and the sexy Reds, and y'all care more about all this stupid shit in XYZ, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which is, and, and that's supposed to be, like, supposed to help the black community. I think the Charleston White is one of the key examples of this. Like, he's one of them people that run around thinking, like, if I just, if, if, if I speak to them in the, in the most fucked up manner possible about their circumstance, then, I, like, that's how I show them I love them. Mm-hmm. which is which is also an example of trauma, right? so it's like the, when we asking ourselves like why we don't have this why we don't have that compassion, we ain't got the brain power to do it You know what yeah. I mean like it's it's yeah. it's again, because a part of our executive function is flexible thinking, right thinking through different scenarios of, a, of or thinking through different scenarios of a situation right when, when it's literally saying that we spend so much time with, with self-regulation. That our brain spends so much time with self-regulation that our executive function is hampering. That's also those fle- that that the, the the flexible thinking part of it, right? Mm-hmm. Like we don't we for whatever reason we don't think we can be honest about the circumstances of black people and be compassionate at the same time. For whatever reason, we're under the impression that everybody's always been kissing black people ass. Everybody's mm-hmm. always had compassion for, but that's a uh, that shit is a myth yeah yeah and even even any little like commercialized compassion that has been displayed that was for that interest convergence that was for a purpose that wasn't to have compassion for black people
1: absolutely
0: and so it's like we that i and i actually think of those people in a different light now because of i'm thinking like okay like you care about black people and it's like this is the tradition of that tough love this is the tradition of i gotta beat your ass if i love you I got I, if 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 I'm yeah. not whooping your ass like I'm I'm not you know what I'm saying steering you in the right way because it's these things that we've learned from uh, uh from trauma that we that's that's been passed down and we think we are doing it ourselves so the last thing I'm going to show and I want to get your perspective on this to you is uh on the on the study on this study is actually about the way that the arts actually help black people be, deal with post traumatic slave syndrome which I was mm-hmm. like, this would be perfect. This would be perfect debate evidence for rap, good, and debate. Perfect debate Absolutely. evidence. But, okay. but uh, where the study takes it is, it's, uh, as an example of how that trauma gets passed down. So the traumatic event that takes place, a child is separated from the mother on the plantation, and that child is sexually assaulted or sold off. Right. Mm-hmm. The psychological impact of that is that the mother fears That all her future children Will have to go through the trauma That that child had to endure How that changes the mother's behavior The mother chastises all future children In advance of their separation from her As a form of protection mm. Perfect example of this getting passed down My mama used to tell me and my brothers all the time When white folk get you Ain't nothing I can do for you Don't go out there acting a fool Because when the, when the white man get his hands on you like i can't I can't save you from that right that's that that's that type of chastising right many,
1: many times
0: <laughs> the the generational transfer that takes place is that chastised child grows up to be a mother and develops the same learned behavior of fear that was demonstrated mm. that that type of fear in those no circumstances was encoded on onto the child from the mother's trauma and gets get, and gets encoded onto their child. Then the long uh, the term impact of that is the African-American child's freedom of expression is potentially stunted and hindered in perpetuity subconsciously due to the passing on of a practice that was bred out of a preventive measure to a traumatic event. So because black children were taken away from their mothers on the plantation. And the, the impact of that black children today are not taught to be themselves. Black children today are not taught to be expressive. Black children today are not taught to engage in things that make you feel good, that make you happy. Display yourself in ways that make you happy. And all of that started from the child being taken from the mother on the plantation. This shit gets slept on. Mm -hmm. Even breaking this down gets turned into being called an excuse.
1: You feel me? So I mean, when I, you think, say like, I think what be, make, becomes just makes it even more captive, ca- captivating to me and just kind of fascinating is the internalization of it, because other people are good about making sure that we can't express ourselves, that we live very humble, low down, broken existences, that we feel this way and that way about who we are. But you know who else will do it to you quick? Other black folks. <laughs> right.
3: Oh, oh that, yeah.
1: That's where it's, that's it's where it even more interesting to me. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's it's the whole like it, us as niggas on the debate team, like telling the other like, well, niggas don't debate. Like that's the first thing that 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 that, that cut that came out of folks' mouth. Like, exactly. what y'all like? What you know what I'm saying? Like, even even it, uh, I remember when I wrote my scholarship my uh, scholarship essay to go to debate camp, I pointed out that the only thing that my community for real for real know about debate is Carlton on the Fresh Prince, and that was not a positive thing. You didn't want to be like right. Carlton, exactly. you feel me. So it's like that like that that example of of a reflection of how like Will Smith, representing the Black hood community from Philly, responded mm-hmm. to his cousin on the debate team, nerd, you know what I'm saying something not positive type shit Uh-oh. right and it, it it get me to my second question um so to move the conversation forward, uh is knowing this information. Right, knowing how, like, uh, uh, just our environment impacts how we think, it impacts what we, what literally our brains spend time on. How should this change how black people interact? Like, how do, like, how how should this, like, how, really, is it a problem that this information isn't more, you know what I'm saying? Is it more relevant? Is it more prevalent? Especially when we talk about black circumstances. In in an environment where, because like because like the way that I would answer that question, uh, which made me ask it, is we have to we have to develop a different lens in which we assess the black situation. A completely different lens, because currently we just view it under the perspective of personal decisions. Black people just make bad decisions. Black people just don't have self control. When we literally have like scientific data that's telling us that the uh, our our self-control does get hampered by our constant uh desire or not even desire but our subconscious need to, re- to mm-hmm. over regulate ourselves yeah we need to completely change what we think the problem is right which which a lot of people say is like simple it's like really our environment but that's not the that's not the main focus of these conversations it's like well you can't take the responsibility from black people like come on bro We literally have a resource deficit in our brain. So I think that like this type of information should be more relevant because uh, it it, it helps us have a better understanding of black people decision-making.
1: I mean, I think, you know, when you say that, and as you say that, I think about the idea where we are able to learn about and communicate, have racial literacy, if you will. We use that phrase all the time, got it from leaving the ability to read, write, and interpret questions of race, right? And be able to kind of navigate those discussions with a with a level of aptness and with a level of precision that is only gonna come when you flex those muscles and kind of grow them. That being said, <clears throat> I think you know understanding and this is the way we navigate our real lives because this is like not unfathomable. You know, when I started to really hear about epigenetics, I was like, this is it makes sense. <laughs> like, more sudden that somebody took the time to put it in words that I am that that's the reality of how that I you know I navigate the world as as a result of what my ancestors went through so I feel like you know black people building a relationship with this allows for them to get an understanding not make an excuse you know what I'm saying this is an explanation of phenomena it's not an excuse for anything. And yeah. so I think people you might know, look at these types of conversations and say, oh, this is just a chance for white people to blame it on the man again. Yeah, it's a chance for black people to, you know, not strive or to actualize or do better or be great. Or it's one of those. Such an of, irresponsible stance. You know, and I mean it's black people who have it, like that, that that we are so caught up in coming up with new theories that explain the influences of the past that we can't really move forward and actually actual actualize a pleasant a present or a future. And I just feel that's so intellectually lazy, right? Because um mm-hmm. uh, I mean the, the whole origins of the epigenetic study you know guess where you 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 even put me up on game with the roots in it and the yeah. roots of it is that you don't know, understanding how victims and survivors and you know uh uh descendants of the people holo- from the Holocaust have yeah. navigated and so when yeah. white people talk about their pain and their trauma and we've seen everything from reparations to everything else be uh 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 allocated to individuals who dealt with that to everybody sporadic. but
0: niggas. you
1: know what i'm saying so we can fathom why white people do the things that they do. Why Jewish folks do the things that they do and believe the things that they do. Why you know they they can you know have experiences that are formed and shaped by how terrible and grave that experience was. And I don't want to say it flippantly, but I say it in ways that are not to demonstrate that it's not ever held paramount and tantamount to how it is we talk about slavery. It's always a little bit more a little bit more teeth in it. And when it comes to slavery, the age old conversation is about how they tell us to sit up and shut shut up uh, sit down, shut up and move on. When we are talking about hundreds of years and the Holocaust was just not nearly as long so if the Holocaust was as long as it was how long was it
0: uh I mean it lasted it lasted one war <laughs> yeah but You're it, right. was...
1: you said it lasted a war
0: yeah so it's right? like the
1: implications of it and the makings of it right you had a lot of proper you had a lot of things that set up a society to fall prey or something like that even still Right, that timeline pales in comparison to how many black people, how long you have black people didn't know they was out of slavery when slavery, like you just there's so many examples that we use to talk about the depth and the breadth by which black people have been relegated to the periphery, marginalized, still oppressed, still, still, yeah, the the length and the presence of slavery, you know what I'm saying, so. Um, i mean i'm looking at these comments they say uh let's work for the oppressor to do if the oppressed oppress themselves right and so this is exactly why you can't. we can't do their dirty work we can't allow the erasure on our watch. we can't not talk about it because they already don't want to talk about it we can't not put that at the forefront of how we navigate what we're holding white people accountable for because i feel like even in a lot of these conversations about you know social like be scared to be like hold the line on slavery you letting white people push you out of that ain't our fault and that's some bullshit. I think they need to hold. up. I mean, because it's
0: because it's black people that's buying into it. It's like, should we we in twenty twenty four? It's just it's it's acceptable. I mean, even before that, when like Kanye just moved the Overton window in a way that was crazy. Like, where all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, I agree with him. Yeah, I think that. it and, and, and to be honest, and, and I say this, and then we can we can go ahead and get to the uh, get to the next chop, get to the hip hop conversation. Um, based on based on the data that we presented, all of you niggas running around talking about. It's all about black people just need to make better decisions. Black people just bad at doing this. Black people just bad at doing that. Everything y'all saying is inter- anti-intellectual than a motherfucker. Yeah. When it's when it's literally scientific data that's telling us that there is a resource deficit in the brain in the brains of black of people who experience discrimination. Right, I'm like, as, as much as we talk about black discri- racial discrimination, there are many groups who are being discriminated against. But when they when it's literally a resource deficit in the brain of people who deal with racial discrimination, that means that the biggest problem that we're dealing with is our environment. No we don't trust the society in which we live, so we spend more time regulating, as, regulating ourselves and making ourselves available to to this society that hates us then we do anything else yeah and that is ha- and and that is uh having an impact on our brains for real so with that being said you know what I'm saying research over me search man y'all get y'all shit up develop a better understanding if y'all want these studies just just holler at me in the chat we'll get them to y'all asap we got them right. I got the pdf right here for you you feel me and all of that so um we're gonna bring a close to the racism in our brains conversation i'm gonna pass it over to toya let's talk this hip-hop shit
1: real quick we're gonna talk about hip-hop like because as i mentioned earlier you know we've been a part of the hip-hop 50 celebration for a large part of the year at this point and i think we are moving into year 51 a lot of these conversations are coming to a close which led rolling stone to release an article uh, entitled 50 years later is hip-hop still radical Um, i want to read the first part of this article to kind of phrase the, frame the conversation I want to have just because I felt like it was really poignantly written and does a good job at steering the conversation we want to have uh it's written by Tim Hotep Aku and Andre G um and so these are the authors who really went into putting this body of work together um, is a role- exactly right <laughs> and so I wanted to say their names because I feel like these are black people posing questions just like we are it really has yeah. inspired conversation we're having and they take an interesting take about it. And by the way, this article was just written on January 23rd of uh, 2024. So very recently. Um the comments say God is watching. Thank you, Regular Joe. We appreciate it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Now let's talk about hip hop. <laughs> in an afternoon in July 2023 in New York City I'm sorry, it's an afternoon in July 2023, and New York City Mayor uh, Mayor Eric Adams is in his element. Standing at a podium at a foot of a marble staircase in the New York City Hall, the mayor is joined by fashion hip hop stars, including Eric B. of Eric B. and Rock Kim rapper and reality star Peter Gunn, and the Black Master RKS. And I'm echoing real bad, I'm real bad Uh The occasion is the announcement of the series. Of concerts to celebrate hip hop in New aiming to look at the uh, look the part of hip hop. Mayor Adams, who usually wears formal business attire, has for his suit and is rocking a half zip, a black jacket, a red baseball cap with the letters PR that represent the roots of Puerto Rican, Puerto Rican population in hip hop. And he tells KRS One to jump on the mic and tell them how great I am. Today. Then a moment both for real and absurd. Harris Warren, one rapper who samples speeches by black radical activists including think of Kwame Ture, right? Who used to be a Black Panther. pen songs, critical of police violence like Sound of the police Black Cop and Dirty Cops and War. Washington, Ron, Craig, a former police captain and stock defender of the New York Police Department. I'll skip the lyrics that he took, and here's what the is interesting this wasn't even the only sample of something like this happening during last year's 50th anniversary Wayne performed "Mrs. Officer" at the President Kamala Harris' September event celebrating hip hop. Let's see. Fat Joe gifted a pair of Air, Squad, Air Force One to former President Bill Clinton, who notably signed the 1994 Violent Crime and Law Enforcement Act, which called mass incarceration. America's most wanted era Rootsie, would have been our enemies for conservative commentator Tucker Carlson in the early 90s. But in July, he went on Carlson's show where he called the COVID 19 vaccine. I'm sorry, the COVID 19 vaccine in the The most sanitized celebration in the 1950th anniversary appears to suggest that the culture has lost its radical edge. You think the hip hop world would have something to say about his anti establishment roots on its birthday? But instead, we saw the opposite. Yeah. I'll stop there. What this whole kind of reflection on KRS one, what the conversation about that Joe, what uh who was Lil Wayne, all kind of rules to that. I don't think there is a radical company in hip hop right now. And can you hear me echo can y'all hear me echo too? It's really bad.
0: Yeah, uh it may be something with your computer because my my mic was on mute the whole time you was hearing the echo.
1: I'm not sure but yeah. and it, it's gone now so whatever you just did it was the problem but uh what I'll say is hip-hop got some explaining to do I think a lot of where we've gone in the direction that we've gone in has been very unique of course we know that hip-hop defines whole pop culture generation there is no other genre of music right now without hip-hop and I stand alive you know what I'm saying like it's even suspe- suspected that for example Beyonce, who is an appendage of hip-hop, she's like a hip-hop, she's a mixed genre artist. She's about to jump over in the country. So there's not too much that the wheelhouse of hip-hop music, R&B music, is not touching right now. My question to you and to everybody else is, in its current form, because what what these authors are saying could be debatable, in its current form, do you feel like hip-hop is radical? Is there anything about hip-hop that could be understood or deemed or interpreted as radical? Why or why not?
0: Uh, I do. I do. I think, I think hip hop. So my, so my, my, my perspective, it has the, is shaped a lot by like the Judy article, um, Ronald Judy, the author, uh, on the question of nigga authenticity. Cause what he discusses specifically is the concept of hyper commodification and how, what black people put out, uh, what black people put out is literally, it's made for the world to consume due to the relationship that we've developed with the society from chattel slavery. So, like nothing, nothing black people produces is their own. It's for the consumption of the world. That's what makes whiteness so parasitic. So, I think that I think we overhyped the commercial, like the commercialization aspect of it, because we're ignoring the fact that commercial, the, the commercialization of like black art is inevitable. Once it gets produced out there, and once the the capitalist structures see that they can benefit from it, they're going to push it. Another example of interest convergence theory. So the, this idea that the existence of commodification is what takes away the radical element of hip-hop, it, that's, a, that's false. What, mm-hmm. what I would say takes away the radical element of hip-hop today is the conversation, the message, what they talk about, what matters to them. You know what I mean? I think what's, I think what's crazy is, uh, what's the dude's name? It was, a, it was a rapper from New Orleans. I ain't never really heard his music but he blew up based off of calling out rappers d1 d1 is his name d1 mm. he blew he blew up by calling out rappers for like you know people like meek mill that's going around talking about prison reform but then still make music that that kind of depicts black men killing each other you know what i mean uh we we have the type of cognitive dissonance that allows us to enjoy the music even though we in real life condemn the behavior uh but I think the the lack of caring about that like about what gets promoted because when when they were called out for their music all they did is just get defensive you feel me like it's not they're not responding to the fact that they're making music that could be considered detrimental for the youth Mm -hmm. they 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 just turn around and well i give turkeys Nigga, nino brown gave out turkeys he also sold (laughs) crack you know what i'm saying so it's like that like that type of like those type of excuses and that type of approach to having those conversations, I think is what take away the radical element. I mean i I think that the I think shit like gangster rap, um, I think shit like trap music, even drill music, I think what's radical about it is the anti-respectability, fuck society, I'm a I'm a be me type attitude. I, do, I think that that attitude has revolutionary potential, but when it, it in a lot of ways with rap now, it's, it's very self serving. So it's not, it's, it's not as much uh, of a conversation about, yeah, this is us, this is our environment, we here, we making money, and it's like, fuck the system. These niggas turn around and be like, shit, the system worked for me. You feel me? Like, it's like, yeah. shit, I, like, look, at, look, at, look at these chains, look at the jewelry. I can't come, like Lil Wayne, I can't complain about white people because white people don't do nothing but pay me. Yeah, you know I mean, it's, it's, it's that approach. And so I, I think that the uh, revolutionary element is there but it's rap is hella selfish right now. Hella selfish. I
1: mean, I feel like what you've identified though as a revolutionary element also, and we kind of talked about this earlier in terms of playing into the script and playing into because it's like a revolutionary element where it's like fuck everything also includes like the overconsumption of drugs and like
2: the
1: right. uh carelessness of other people in our community and the murder murder kill kill so it's like I'm free to do a lot of shit that is a part of the agenda that whiteness and white supremacy has for my life and for the experiences of my people you know what I'm saying so like that's where it gets kind of tricky to me because then it is like this self-fulfilling pop prophecy or this like weird loop that I think a lot of this content- potential gets trapped in you know when it when it when it attempts to do something revolutionary Danielle says but that's the whole law right talking about kind of some of the um older artists and like like KRS-One and the way that he ended up coming to 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 the mayor of New York, Mayor Adams, says, but that's the whole law, right? As a radical as radical as they were when they were younger, that's how hard they swing to the right, uh, to, which is like a demonstration of how they're getting up there. You know what I'm saying? So I think that is kind of the playbook. Is this cooling? This coming? I mean, because the reality of it is, and we talked about this before. Like, what do we want the OGs talking about? You know what I'm saying? What do we want older hip hop artists or people, you know, in the genre to be doing the movie? and moving? And I, you know, I think it makes more sense that you be a part of these political conversations. I feel like though, it's a tactic to stay relevant that you go and completely hop on Like just, I don't understand why the message can't be consistent, just more mature. I don't understand why you have to go and be completely counterintuitive to everything you said before. That's the that's the, the tricky part for me. Uh, Danielle, uh, well actually, Van says, hip hop was co-opted by pop culture a while ago. That notorious letter too letter to short talked about the purposeful effort of labels and radio to kill off conscious rap from the mainstream as well um that but see is- but the thing about that yeah. though I I don't think like as much like what labels
0: do you feel me it's only a reflection of what what people willing to consume so mm-hmm. even if they give us too much like of the dance or the drug music whatever if niggas want conscious rap to be relevant in rap they would make it relevant in rap right like the amount of smoke like J Cole is considered one of the most like underrated best niggas because it's like, he's literally the only nigga that has stayed relevant and kept his message consistent since the nigga, you know what I'm saying, since the come up. The only nigga who have done it. You know what I mean? Because like, even, even if you look at, I'm going to be honest, even if you look at Cole's, uh, the, the, the little tiff that he had with um, No Name, that's consistent J. Cole. It's the flawed, it's the, it's the flawed conscious nigga. Like his music ain't his music isn't pointing fingers at other niggas. It's like he he makes music that he's reflective of and he criticizes himself to criticize other niggas because he like niggas. These niggas make the same decisions as me. You feel me? People, it's like we know that conscious music can do what it do because we have out of the top, out of the big three, Drake, Kendrick and Cole. Kendrick, Kendrick and uh, Cole make for the most part conscious music. Kendrick, you know what I'm saying, more like artistic conscious, but for the most part, they make, he don't make music about being happy, about popping pills and all that shit. And he's one of the most respected artists in the game. So so the, so the idea that like uh, that it's the labels that made it, yeah, do do the labels push that as much as they should? No. But if black people wanted it, and they wouldn't always, like, man, we don't want to hear, like, we don't want to hear that shit, Sharif. Stop preaching to niggas. We out here getting it in. We out here doing, we doing this and we doing that. Like, it's, it's, the, it's the desire to put, like, that, that we have to push that shit away, you know what I'm saying, as opposed to, like, letting it thrive.
1: I mean, so I'm, I guess I want to speak to, like, the desire to push that shit away as opposed to letting it thrive. And I'm getting some comments in the chat that I'm going to try to make sure I come back to, too, because they kind of fit where they fit in this. But I want to then go back in the context of the music and the art that we create and ask then do we have trauma fatigue and is that good or bad you know what i'm saying like are we do we have music because the same way niggas is like i don't want to watch no more movies about slaves i don't want to watch no more movies about white people being fucked up to us is that do you feel like in music like is i'm because we, we know music is escapism so yeah. do you feel like the reason we don't have as many commons and talib kwali's the i seen bays dead presence David Banner, Big Crit, you know what I'm saying? Like, we get flashes of Conscious Cold, we get flashes of, you know, uh, uh, K9, and I agree with all of that, but all of that stuff is kind of, it's a lot of their music is neutral. Like, they're not talking about in every song and every track, like their body of work being committed to exposing the ways that white supremacy is tempting and tantalizing black people in some of yeah. the ways that are demonizing our community. It's blended in, it's papered in, it's a bar or two, whereas, I feel like some of the older examples we had, you know what I'm saying, that we was talking about is whole albums, whole songs committed to being like, fuck y'all. You know what I'm saying? So I guess my question is like, do we have trauma fatigue? And is that good or bad? You know what I'm saying? Do we deserve that break? Is music the escapism that we should be having to do that shit? And then maybe movies and art is more suited to deal with that. What do we do with our trauma? And do you feel like this is all an example of us being tired? So...
0: We we don't have trauma fatigue. We are desensitized. Like the rise of the rise of the new Kanye West allows us to see that we've we've literally become fully desensitized to what's what's known as the black experience and what's responsible for it. And because we've become so desensitized, that we've we've reached a point where we're more so tired of being preached to by niggas that by older niggas, by conscious niggas, by religious niggas. We don't want to be preached to. You feel me? Like it's not because the 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 preaching comes from like it's just don't live your life like that. You don't need to live your life like that. Like all that all that gang banging and all that, that's not all of that. And so but what's happened is there's been like like literally from from NWA to uh whatever the trap era to now the drill era to the 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 new the neo drill era all of that it's really it's the same conversation you feel me just repackaged and given to niggas with different beats and different sounds and different flows that's it and it's because the like so much of that life has become equated with the black experience. I mean because it, it as as much as it is it it doesn't wholly define us and that's the problem. But because niggas, because it's now become lucrative to express that lifestyle, to uh, to hold up that lifestyle, then it's like we young niggas out here making money.
1: You know what? I think the I think it's the one of the biggest roses. Now that you talk about it, is like I feel like black people, and the reason why we get what we get in terms of the music and the content that we have in terms of like what ends up being mainstream and popular, is and check me out. Follow my train of thought black people in particular black people because we know all hip-hop is not the same and niggas is talking about a thousand different things on these songs but the people who have the message that is the most lucrative that make record companies the most money get all the bump and they sell these songs to other niggas. but really we know that white people are the biggest consumers of hip-hop right. here's what a rule because black people Lead trends, spur trends, allow for you to go from being minuscule and take off. We tap in, so when we see good record sales, when we see shit moving, we assume it's other niggas doing it. But it's not white people who have gravitated towards something, behind something, made it popular, gotten it broke on yeah. the Because if black people was just the ones pushing it, we see how hard it is when niggas just get behind niggas and won't. It, just, it, it can't. You cannot grow unless white people are behind your shit. And I feel like when black people catch the wave of what white people we on that like doesn't dip back to us and we're like oh this is what we should be listening to which means then the white people who are you know getting their niggerophilia negr-
3: mm-hmm.
1: tantalized who are getting their daily dose of murder motor shoot shoot kill kill they driving up the sales and we're like oh that's hot other niggas must be with that right. we must be all- like when they be talking about
0: stream sales and shit, niggas do not have Spotify accounts like that. We got the free shit.
1: You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like it's just like this weird, re- like reverb, like this feedback loop where they have chosen and selected what shit they want to pump. They pump it to the white people. We the white people send back to us in a real way. Was hot. Was supposed to be hot. Was supposed to be catchy and trendy or whatever. What has a lot of momentum behind it. We get it back secondhand and. We are under this illusion that this is the pinnacle. This is the objective. This was good. This was like I'm just I'm kind of trying to think through how, how.
0: Yeah, knowing niggas that, is hype.
1: Knowing that black people are not a monolith. Knowing so many diverse people with so many different black people with different relationships to life and reality. Working with existing with different demographics, right? I'm a church girl at heart, which means I know a whole bunch of old black people, very traditional black people, very. You know, southern conservative black people, but I'm also an educator, so I'm around a bunch of kids and young people, forming generation and pop culture. I'm also 34 and millennial, so I'm somewhere in the middle. It's just like, who is really buying into this bullshit and, and glorifying it and edifying it to the point where we are getting away from real messages between real people? I mean, no, nah, it's, it's,
0: it's it's grown people that's still doing that shit too. A grown man just had a what was it NBA young boy birthday party. A grown man had an NBA young boy themed birthday party. No bullshit. Uh, And this is why I call niggas hypes. Like, I I don't like shit simply because it's popular. That don't mean nothing. But I also recognize that the one thing hip hop does is it it taps into all types of affect. Nigga affect, everybody else affect. Because, like, shit, really people want to feel that nigga affect. You know what I mean? And what, what you and I, like, we're wordsmiths. We like language. We pay attention to words, right? It's a lot of niggas that listen to rap and be like, I don't give a fuck what they saying. Do the beat go hard? Right. Is, it, is, is he riding the beat hard enough for me to like vibe to that melody? That's more so That's more so what I'm on. I'ma I'm learn the words and the, I'm, the words are probably going to be on some bullshit anyway. But like I listened to Gunna because I was like, I want to see what Gunna rap about like now after he kind of was on some, I ain't a gang member type shit. But it then I listened is. to I'm it in, and I was I'm like, ah, oh, this nigga really don't be rapping about shit. Like he just be rapping about being fly. Being around mm-hmm. women, making money, wearing nice clothes, driving nice cars—really, that's that's just it. Like, they, and yeah. I mean, because that's 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 music that ain't even like promoting, like it kind of promote drug dealing, like on some slick shit, hustling type music. But it really don't be saying, sh- and and people okay with that. And and if we connect it to the old, like if we connect to the past conversation we just had, if we're being honest, that's because sometimes niggas just want to enjoy the music, regardless yeah. of what this, what type of shit it's on. You feel me like when we when we're at a party and we're engaging in in the party affect and we vibing i don't want i don't want j cole brackets a nigga rapping about paying his taxes you know what i'm saying and how taxes don't help the hood i don't want to hear that shit. you feel me I, I i want to hear uh atm kind of the
3: kind
0: of kind of county yeah I'm, I'm trying to hear that type of shit. you feel me it's it, so it's just the like I, as much as like you know we we we're critical of like what like what people want to hear a lot sometimes like that's just that's catharsis it's just like shit like it, it this listening to this is a vibe for me fuck, i mean but like, I, just, fuck I think the there's a an
1: over saturation and this is where i start to really get concerned about it i don't want to like go biblical but like the ear gate and the eye gate like what you let in and what you let in and how it plays out and really shapes them and influences and here's the thing and this is something i told about you when we were talking about spirituality you identified the fact that you know this is just a language right we are we grew up in a certain you know background so christianity ends up being like the language we articulate things through but there are many different spiritual and even psychological studies that you know talk about the things that you take in the message you receive and how you internalize them, and then what it materializes as and so I just my nerves get bad because I feel like there's just an there's an imbalance in the music that exists in the way that we then use that not only as a fun mechanism but as an, a mechanism of representation of expression like right. I'm sorry pick out of this debate language we can't move away from or just ignore representational politics we can't ignore the way that hip-hop music ends up shaping and influence the perception of a whole culture which is which is rough uh i want to go to the comments because Vance is like when i said oh, i'm vance says that like if you strictly listen to somebody like a moral technique brand Nubian. Army of uh, Pharaoh, Pharaoh Munch, Murs, Lecrae, B1, joiner Lucas, etc. You're considered a, a weirdo. Now, I went to that comment specifically because if you're looking for some new artists that you haven't listened to a lot. A list was just dropped, right? immortal Technique. Oh, oh, brand new. And I'm not hip to Army of Pharaohs. I'm not hip to Pharaoh Munch. I'm familiar with Murs. I'm familiar with Lecrae. B1, Joyner Familiar with, but. Those are some more conscious artists that they're not already on rate, your ready art rate art to get into. Uh Ease Vixen says, considering the first chop topic we talked about, it's basically just a numbing ourselves through art as a form of escaping. It's just escaping yep. it to the highest. Value. No thoughts, just bops to cope. And I think that's so true, right? Because our DNA has, you know, kind of forced been forced into suppression, you know what I'm saying? Because you know we've been told that we were stupid and put in positions where we couldn't read and couldn't learn and discouraged from building relationships and having tools to recognize how to relate to people and shit like that like hello turn the feet on and let me just leave all that shit behind you know what i'm saying especially if i'm gonna go to the schoolhouse house where they set me behind and you want me to critically think in these relationships right. i got a type of emotional intelligence like i get why the music might be see y'all in a minute give me four minutes give me 25 30 minutes if he's it's just it's wild yo and I do want you to play this because when I think about the revolutionary capacity that exists and that's wrong I do feel like the answer is two, entirely but the thing is when you are representing the whole culture you think, right, When you got to and that, I think that's been the a lot of hip-hop artists been like I don't want you to really I didn't ask for that I got skills I got finesse, I got pregnant, and I just want to be in here and get a bag and move out the way. All that shit we try to make me responsible for the think about itself or how we understand ourselves or think,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like the next one. You know what I'm saying? It's an opportunity for the next people. People are saying, Don't look at me like that, but I think Umar talked about kind of some of what is that is damaging and does us a disservice
0: Yeah, so this is, this is Umar like literally saying hip-hop ain't did shit for black people. And I want to get y'all perspective on this. Uh, I want to get your perspective on the other side. Toya, let's, uh, let's get it in.
3: Has hip-hop benefited the black community overall? Has this been a plus or has this been a minus? Now let's go to the institution. Hip-hop is the most influential musical form in the world right now. 50 years, it is a multi-billion dollar industry, of course dominated by European Jews. But yet and still, many of these artists are are very wealthy. Not a single institution has come from hip hop in 50 years. Am I supposed to ignore that? Am I supposed to act like these young brothers out here who pushing death and destruction, sexual exploitation and miscegenation of black women These young brothers who are out here pushing drug selling, going to jail and everything possibly illegal to children. I'm supposed to believe that this was a blessing to the black community when you brainwashing our kids and on top of the brainwash, on top of the toxic content, you don't even come back to the community and do anything good for it except give out some damn turkeys and sneakers. Are you kidding me? With the type of money that hip hop has generated around the world, this should be at least 25 black Wall Streets in America right now. So, So here's the thing, right? I wholly disagree with
0: Umar. I wholly disagree with Umar. I I feel like, well, because I feel like he's he's ignoring hip hop. uh, He's ignoring hip hop as a actual culture in and of itself, as a reflection of black culture, as a reformation of aspects of African identity that was that was taken from us, but it's inherently who we are, right? Rap is like rap, R and B, hip hop. That's black culture period. You know what I mean like from uh in terms of things that we've created as the descendants of slaves, jazz, sh- country music, R&B, you know what I mean like we those are things that we provided for the world like for the world that the world mimicked. For him to make it about institutions, like he's very well aware of the stranglehold that white people have over institutions in the United States period. So to make it simply about having those, I think is short-sighted, but I also think that it, it, it operates in the same level of capitalism and colonization that they operate out of to, to by by focus mainly on what it produces, what hip-hop produces in terms of like these tangible bro. things. I feel like you're letting Dr. Umar, I,
1: I don't know. Like I feel like you'll disagree with me disagreement with him I think it's shallow in a sense of you know listen Pete because we talked about last a couple episodes ago the ways that you know real artists and people who have leverage in the hip-hop community really do change they take up space and they want to be in the limelight and they end up sticking around too long in conversations they don't even really have to have when they can Take up space, use resources, and turn the baton over to somebody who could be moving and shaking and have the foresight and the vision to really do something meaningful to navigate these institutions. I don't want Meek Mill trying to navigate my institutions. I don't want work Roth trying to navigate institutions. I don't want these people at the forefront, but I feel like there are missed opportunities for people who study this, who do this, for the leaders of the beautiful struggles who are sitting in Annapolis right now trying to figure out decriminalization laws and so that black people can have better access to licenses and stuff like that to open up dispensaries in maryland like I, I think it's just lazy to say it's a whole culture that we built We don't have to build any institution we are forgetting it when me finish that where you're forgetting the the barriers to institution building and this that, and the other multi million dollars there's decisions being made man that i got it out the mud so other people got to get it out the mud it's people it's rick ross being interviewed you know what i'm saying saying bro like you know what i'm saying, get everything i went through this i went through that i'm i'm too you know what i'm saying like give me some, like help me like give me some guidance off and like you know never stop being hungry never stop sacrificing like you know, what am i supposed to do with that you know what i'm saying but you have the ability to invest and this is also in the world where we don't know how these people business we probably all types of shit happening behind the backdrop so i don't want to assume or group and school everybody I mean, but 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 <laughs>
0: umar ain't talking about behind the scenes stuff umar are talking about I mean, building like very visible institutions
1: and when you say that like niggas should not be responsible for building institutions because we're well aware of the barriers that exist like i just feel like that's the problem But not well
0: no 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 that's not I mean, that's not that's, that's,
1: wing stops.
0: I, got, I think there's a own
1: wing stops. lebron found a way to yeah. own Blaze pizzas and stuff like that yeah like, i mean
0: but I I mean, but, I but again though know, that's a, this is this is the capitalist critique though this is the capitalist critique is that Help me. What, what is it? the value, our value, the value of hip hop, the value in hip hop itself doesn't lie on its ability to replicate institutions in this society. Just like ain't country room, music, because yeah. hey, white, white people ain't out there asking what is country music doing for like what is country music doing and what is country no. music building and what is country music creating? Because
1: white people don't have white people don't have a necessity to create and participate in radical and revolutionary politics to actualize the society they're in. But our conversation is rooted in radicality. So when we talk about the responsibilities that white people have versus black people have, we're talking about different social positions and social orientations that white people have. But 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 being radical, but
0: being radical ain't but being being radical ain't start opening the fucking wing stop.
1: That shit ain't radical. (laughs) That's my point. That's my point. Is that it is easier for you? You said they can't build institutions. The hardest barriers, obviously not. If you can go in and 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 participate in a corporate system and structure and get your bag that way and invest in chicken shops and fucking pizza shops and shit like LeBron did with Blaze. My argument is if you can navigate institutional barriers and shit like that. No, but uh, but but hold on, hold
0: on. on. But Uh, it's not. It's that like the the point that I like the point that I'm making is one. That's a criticism of Rick Ross. That's a criticism of Drake. That's a criticism of individual artists. Hip hop itself is a reflection of, like, not even a reflection. Hip hop itself is a culture. Because one, okay. one, we've already said hip hop shouldn't be responsible for building these institutions. It should be our black scholars. It should be our. It should be our black scientists,
1: our black engineers. It should be the people. with do- what, what money? We're talking about where the resources flow. We're really talking about thwarting capitalism. And subverting systems and utilizing the technicians of the systems to implode the system from the inside out then you would take people who've been able to move to the bourgeoisie and you would connect their resources to people who have the mental and intellectual know how in the proletariat to rupture from the middle like but the bourgeoisie and the
0: proletariat that's what, the bourgeoisie and the proletariat ain't connected and because what we're talking about what we're talking about is again drake like uh, like talking about some of the biggest artists because all rappers ain't making bread like that so it ain't even possible for it for it to be solely responsible for the build these institutions because it's only just like the rest of the world one percent of rappers that's making that's that's making the type of money like rick ross that's making the type of money like a drake or somebody else so to put so literally again we're putting we're putting the the, the colonizers capitalist expectations Onto a raw natural culture that came out of oppression. Like the idea that, uh, like, again, the idea that it's up to hip hop to create those institutions, no. It's the people that get the money. You can criticize the rappers without criticizing the culture. The culture's not responsible for that. He said hip hop ain't done nothing for black people. That's a whole ass lie. Because on an interpersonal level, the the uh, again, the catharsis that hip hop has provided for a, for a people as a whole is beneficial. Just because it do, just because it don't it can't cut a check, don't mean it, it doesn't have value. That's the, the argument I'm making is that the expectation to replicate white supremacist institutions using a black culture is misguided. That's not it's that's not his job. That's not his role. again the only reason hold on and 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 i'll say this and the only reason again that we're even putting that expectation on hip-hop is the same is the same thing that we criticize when we was talking about criticizing celebrities leading the movement
1: what you're saying is true then why do we mourn the loss of black wall street why do we mourn the loss of like what what does black Black wall street got to do do with hip-hop what are you bruh? We're talking about black people with money and their ability to replicate the institutions that we don't have equal and equitable access to in the white context of, context of civil society. Are you serious? Yes, yeah. money matters. Money flows through through the black population, through entertainers, people who get up scene, dance and throw balls around. That is just That money don't flow through
0: us. They take that They take money from us from that. But we know the niggas that make that much money, that money don't get that money does not get recirculated into the hood. But again, Why we're not? talking about how individuals spend their money. We're not talking about how the, the existence of a culture and the role of that culture for the people. Bruh, and- the
1: culture is dictating, determining, influencing what individuals do and how they move toward a collective. Right. The moral compass, the collective social compass. The political compass that we have in the United States, for better or for worse, has dwindled down to the desires, the priorities and the agendas of entertainers. So I don't understand why it would not necessitate that hip hop culture in particular, Mm -hmm. since it is the guiding light of how we are represented on a political and social stage globally, would not have specific investments in building institutions that counter that challenge and that edify that same community. Or at least find a balance in that there's a very individualist culture capitalism has shaped and, and influenced the way that black people feel like they ought to relate to other black people especially when they make it to a certain extent so we can't sit on the show and bash jay-z and bash rihanna for being black billionaires and be critical of how they got there and recognize that there is no ethicality in them recon- achieving their billionaire status and you also in the same breath say they have no responsibility or accountability of investing some no. of those people so,
0: but that's not my position. My position is that there's a distinction between hip hop as a culture and the artists who get rich off of it, off the commodification of it. That's it. I'm saying to yeah. say that it hasn't done anything for black what, people. I don't
1: know what that does for us to answer the question about the radical potential of hip hop in its 50th year, how it exists and where it can take us as a people in terms of all of the the capital and resources that it has created and alley and, and, and built up within itself. And how it seems to only flow one way in and not out to materially change the lives of people i believe this so much so i'll read you the last i want to read the last section of this article it says while hip-hop's political consciousness has seemingly waned black and brown people's conditions haven't changed much at all dr ball who was referenced earlier in, in this article feels like the hip-hop 50s festivities should have done a better job of demonstrating that if we can all come together and break dance and, and come together around break dance and the mixtape, great but at some point, we gotta have questions about why are all these people still poor? He says. Why are they still being killed by the police? Why are they still in jail? When do we get to that? When does the love of people and all this unity get to solving the actual conditions? If you love me, love me out of poverty. Don't love my heart and just leave me the things. Like, goddamn, I don't understand that, why the difference between the idea that if you can reach, if you can benefit, if you can get sales, if you can get somebody, Ursula, and this person, that person, pick sales and out of a pop. so you can get that. So why is are not intentional measures? So who you blaming it on? Running your shit up. So who you blaming you it mean, on?
0: Are you, it mean, on? Are, you, are you blaming? Are you blaming it on Jay Z? Are you blaming it on hip hop? Hip hop,
1: because like, it's created That makes in no order sense. Why? I can love hip hop and be critical of
0: it. Why not? No, no. I mean, you why? can. No, I'm not saying you can. Like, right? Because if, no. if you love it, you will be critical of it. But this criticism, though, is misguided. Because, again, all it does, all it does is focus on replicating things that we see in this. Because one thing I wanted to point out, even when you brought up Black Wall Street, Black Wall Street is an example of how replicating white institutions isn't the solution. Do, okay, yeah, we got, we get banks, we get rich, we have the, like we have all of this. And then what do they come and do? Whiteness still comes in and burns it down. What, what Judy was saying about the beauty of nigga affect is nigga affect is, is something that we control regardless. Like the fact that the fact that it's certain it's certain songs niggas listen to like literally to say their life. It's, it's certain music, it's certain rap songs, it's certain it, it's it's certain R and B songs. Whether it's 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 the art that come from fucking graffiti you feel me mm-hmm. uh, hip-hop has always been a counterculture which means that you're not going to see it look like what the culture what the culture currently demands is because it has routinely stood against it the value of graffiti isn't that we put it in a frame and we put it up on a wall so it can be it can be viewed by the masses we put it somewhere it ain't supposed to be the, like the, like the story in la and i know you've seen them talking about it recently it's a it's a it's a it's a high rise in la that has been bombarded with graffiti it's mm-hmm. the fact that the graffiti ain't supposed to be there is what make it valuable. Not that, not that it's art that can be turned into whatever else. So they found a way to commercialize the emceeing aspect of hip hop. Mm-hmm. That is not the entirety of hip hop. Especially, mm-hmm. especially if we're saying that we need to move away from our actors or our entertainers from being the people we hold we, we hold responsible for this in the first place. Again, should rich people should rich black people contribute to the hood? Should they contribute to the circumstances of black people with the money that they got? They should. But their own personal failure and their own personal greed is not a reflection of the culture in and of itself. Yes, it is. Ah, uh, see. <laughs> yes, it is. You are childish. I just,
1: I'm sorry, like I'm like you were You were doing
3: childish. It. You, were you did a
1: lot. You I just, I vehemently disagree with you because I feel like hip hip hop as it has existed and as it has had its trajectory that is unfortunately taken a lot of twists and turns through capitalism, it has become a bastardized version of itself. It has moved specifically and starkly to the left and to the right of what it was intentioned to be, which was supposed to be a method and a metric of community, expression, political resistance, if not more things. But the ability to collectivize around similar similar poor lived realities and experiences and then to take those experiences and use them to edify each other to follow a nationality to build community to alleviate stress from racial trauma all of that shit has always been at the foundation of it and none of the people at the top are invested in that original foundational approach at the bottom that's always going to be bad business and there's lost recipes there's lost sauce, but, there's,
0: but, but you just you just blamed who you need to blame it, I mean because I cause I because I'm willing to say that Drake and and all the rich billionaire hip hop artists, they don't make up hip-hop in its entirety. Of course they not. don't make up hip hop in its entirety. No, right. It's right. Not. So it's that means gonna say this. And then you got it. I, I also think that the 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 closer they got the money, the less they were the, the uh the the more distant they were to hip hop. For example, I think the failure of Kanye West. Is him okay? Getting all this money now, I can be in. I can be in high fashion. I can go to Paris and be around all these designers and be around Vogue and do it. That ain't hip hop, but that's what he embracing. That that, that Eurocentric uh, aspect of art and fashion and what looks good. Kanye put that on. He said, "Fuck hip hop." As soon as as soon as the niggas started making stances against black people and against the black circumstances of, uh, 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 that, that that we go through. That nigga said, this ain't got shit to do with hip hop. Jay-Z, who he's around. He's not around majority hip hop artists. He don't hang out with Jay Z doesn't hang out with rappers. He hangs out with other billionaires, other CEOs. They're not in that space. That's the difference. If they was if they actually was in black spaces and around black people it no that the places that they exist in black people ain't even
1: allowed and what I'm jay-z admitted to that jay-z admitted that And what i'm saying <laughs> is the decisions to these are decisions being made like you almost say it as if they got blue blown into paris fashion week or blown no into no
0: movies. they decided They're to like, distance themselves from blackness and hip-hop culture
1: Which is a decision making mechanism and a framework that hip hop has used in order to create separations and fissures in the overall mission and goal and the revolutionary capacity of it as an art form. All I'm saying is niggas have followed a textbook, they have followed a blueprint, no pun intended with Jay-Z, and that blueprint is one that has bastardized itself and moved far away from hip hop's original origins, thus making it non radical, we end where we started. Cause I'm pretty yeah. much over no
0: Nah, it. nah. I mean, because that like that, I, all I'm gonna say is like that, like that, that leap that you just tried to make, you missed it, just, it by it an itch, it. It you missed job. it by I an inch. oh, I didn't
1: nah. leap. I didn't leap. I don't understand what you don't understand about the idea that capitalism was introduced into the hip hop game. It was not something that somebody wants to go find. It's often like, it's very much like crack being dropped in the hood. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a Do I gotta give you another lesson
0: on, on Judy? Do i gotta give you another lesson on judy
1: are you gonna let me finish my analogy because it's important uh in relationship to me finishing my thought and it's important in relationship to you being wrong so i'm going to continue to speak regardless of what you think ronald judy has to say about what i'm saying because nah, he he, Much he crack the hood in the 80s you see people who had a desire to live together to be in community to love on and then you have the imposition of shit like crack shit like capitalism coming into a beautiful thing and blowing shit up and making it terrible now we know crack is crack capitalism is capitalism it's gonna do what the fuck it wants to do but we'd be lying if we said some of them. y'all watch snowfall people made decisions about how it is that they want to participate in the game oh, to decide in order to go to find a drug in order to get a bump up and to get you so, so 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 let's be honest about the decision making that the people with their hands on the levers the of power the were making yes up a culture, yes man.
0: that's why there's a distinction that's between what? the people and oh my, the culture itself me, you don't blame don't the culture for what the people have done i
1: don't want me to blame the turntables y'all. he want me to you know no i'm, I'm telling you blame me. the
0: people no, that's you're blaming, the turntables. Yeah. You're
1: blaming yeah. the turntables
0: you're blaming the turntables you playing yeah. the cardboard you yeah. blaming yeah. the
1: graffiti that's what my i'm position. saying my position and I'm gonna share this uh this rolling stone look I'm gonna close it like this because I'm, I'm I'm about done um are You're we ignoring definitely. I'm sorry is hip-hop still a radical at its roots is the question in the, the the title of this video my answer is no um I feel like there's still capacity I still feel like there's generative capacity I feel like there's revolutionary potential I feel like there are movers and shakers who don't get the respect the clout the attention they deserve not even the clout because I feel like that comes from baggage but the attention and respect the credibility they deserve but it is because of the fatigue we have of those conversations and unwillingness of the culture to let those discussions rise to the top which proves why it's not radical anymore all I'm saying is hip-hop is 50. it has a legacy it has a path I don't know I'm uncertain about the trajectory of it because it has shifted so far away from what it originally was Damo's gonna come he's gonna say whatever he wants to say about it and I won't say nothing after him because <laughs> I'm not to with this name no more they feel both sides and I feel like if you're a real critical thinker and you got a little bit of your executive left and the trauma if the trauma ain't got too bad because if it did I get it but if you're able to critically think for just a moment about some of this it makes a lot of sense that we have moved, but we have gone wayward from whom we once were in this art form. And I would love for more people out there who are innovating the craft to get one shine at the top. I'm done. I'm rambling at this point. Well, Talk to your people.
0: Yeah, man. Because I got to I got I to gotta clean that up, man. I got to clean that up.
1: Because, I mean, it's as, it's as
0: simple as this, man. Like, hyper commodification is inevitable. Rap artists who are able to benefit from the culture... We'll get caught up in that hyper commodification. That's literally the nature of the Black experience in the United States. Every art form we've produced, like we, there is no popular culture without Black music artists. Period. Period. Everybody's favorite white artist has a Black artist that they either stole from or that they learned from, and then stole it secondhand anyway because they just ran with it, right? Here's the thing commodification does not dictate the value of the experience. We know that it was a white man that got paid for fight the power. A white man got paid for that. So when uh KRS won, a white man got paid for that. So even when we look at the even when we look at the radical roots. It was still, the money was still going to people who was not going to put it back in the hood anyway. So now that there are hip-hop artists who are taking this money and not putting it back in the hood, that's not because they reflect that, that, that they are closer to hip-hop. It's literally oh because... Talk about going over important
3: people. <laughs> <laughs> talk about going over important people. You know that there are black people who are not in this like, stop, bro. Nah. I thought I you were going to talk. I thought you
0: were going to talk. I thought mean- you
1: were going to talk. <laughs> <I thought> she- <laughs> I'm not even giving you the last word. You're gonna no,
0: go to the comments. Yeah, yeah. Donnell this, says, this, this could be you whatever. Go all but, night.
1: You know, because every it... you, you say things that trigger me. And so we're gonna talk to the people. Donnell says if the culture is being commodified to the tunes of billions, we must hold that culture accountable to the people that actually generated it. Until that happens, it's a culture without a purpose. You better preach, Donnell. Uh, RT, a the culture what's the purpose of, come on now like currently what's the purpose of Ghanaian culture they should be pouring those resources into the NAACP rather than some independent ventures period that's what I'm saying is there an organization like I want to see big check cut checks cut like all right y'all we know it's it's it's, it's September uh Christmas coming this coming that we about to just send all our money to the NAACP for the end of the year balance so we can start I don't know I don't have I'm not that person I'm not a, a, a political strategist there are people with degrees who went to hbcus who are unemployed right now because niggas with money won't employ them to start giving them plans in order to invest in the current black liberational infrastructure that already exists let alone creating something new uh ease vixen says that's true as well because being a hustler is surviving black struggle and getting money at, uh, at the top tier let me see at top tier rap topics or yeah, I think the, the the whole idea of just like that's where the money is at, so those end up being the most. Uh, they continue on by saying hip hop is at the art of black expression and does not have to be commodified in order to bring value. No art needs to make money in order to be life changing, and that's where I agree. I'm not, I'm not denying the transformational capacity of hip hop music. We all have our favorite song. Like I seen the tweets. You just diminishing day. it. That's
0: all. You are just diminishing it. That's all.
1: I'm not they it diminished it. <laughs> what, what okay. Going on around like honestly, I think one of the one of the dopest tweets that I have seen recently was, you know, people just just gushing about their favorite hip hop songs. Or where it took them in a tweet was very simply imagine that an alien came to Earth and it had never heard. You had it to get them, yeah. Well, and you had to give them a song. What would you give them? And like people, I think not only the song because some of the songs I didn't know, but the stories attached to the reason why people chose the song that they chose. Let me know that the pulse of hip hop is beautiful and alive and is you know keeping a culture. And a people yeah. alive, I'm just saying it could be better. Let me see if there's anyone other comment. Regular Joe said, Hip hop always praise the white women, Kanye is hip hop. Uh, this is true. I'm just kind of reading some no nah, man. No, hip hop.
0: Hey, I ain't gonna say what I was about to say, but, <laughs> but well, hey, shout out to everybody in the chat though. That the child did, we we fuck with y'all
1: honestly and if we missed any fire comments that's just the nature of everything we our brains is moving we're trying to talk we read. reading we leave a comment if we
0: world. if we missed your comment in the chat leave it leave a comment on the video what i'm saying once that's it's posted right. yeah. but we
1: got a lot of love for y'all we got a lot of love for hip-hop let damo tell it i'm hating on the craft i'm hating on like the genre mother... I'm on the she said I'm she not, was
0: respectable I... y'all she said she was on some, some respectable shit. she started out <laughs> talking mean, shit about sexy red that's what i'm saying I'm, I, have, I have a that's level
1: of respectability in me but a lot of that is because of the trauma that i've experienced go back and listen to the first part of the show don't sure. blame me look we'll <laughs> be back next thursday the chapel show will be back next thursday night we're gonna get into it talk about a bunch of the new things going on around us you know we always got a political topic in our bag but we try not to talk trump and politics out of time so we're gonna do better about diversifying some of these conversations but it's an election year so you never know we're gonna come back and pull the curtain back on some craziness uh and get into a bunch of this nonsense going on so y'all just stay tuned for that um and be plugged in and make sure y'all talking to us commenting on the clips that we drop, dropping comment us on comment on the videos, sharing the videos if you have not hit that thumbs up at this point you're buzzing because you're still here which means you've been sticking around enjoying yourself so don't be stingy go ahead and yeah. hit that thumb make sure you let us know that your presence is felt up in this thing and let other people know the video popping too
3: please
0: so Come. with that being said man we again thank y'all for joining us we will see y'all uh next week Happy Valentine's Day to all y'all out there. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. the yeah. chop up and we're gonna see y'all next time. I was about to say, don't yeah. throw up that don't throw up that uh, Illuminati diamond. You're gonna get this. No, nah, not the other one. <laughs>
1: we're gonna do this one. We
0: good. Yeah. All right, peace y'all. We out.